0: hockey talk and opinions this is penalty box radio five with alex doherty and sean smith on smashville's best sports talk 1025 and 1063 the game and the game
1: nashville app Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based out of Nolensville. I am your host, Alex Daugherty. Joining me on this journey is Sean Smith. Sean, what's up?
0: Ah, ready to ready to talk
1: hockey. Alex. All right. With this, this is the reincarnation of Penalty Box Radio Live. Uh, this is something that has been in the works for a very long time, uh, between Sean and I, Justin Bradford was a, uh, a huge part of this show for so many years. Uh, but, and, and, this show will be in many ways the same as the original penalty box radio that Justin Bradford started some, what, 10 years ago, 12, 11 years ago,
0: I think, I think
1: one hundred and forty-seven yeah, years ago, a long time, so. yeah, something like that. Uh, it will have its own flavor. Of course, we we are uh, Sean and I are, are different people from Justin. Uh, not not that different. I mean, uh, Justin's Justin is a uh, has has long been a hockey staple in this uh, Nashville area. We are going to try to carry on the torch that he started, uh, but do it in our own way. We are. Obviously, going to focus on the Nashville Predators, the Milwaukee Admirals, of as well. Uh, we're going to talk about them and all the Preds prospects that are of interest. We're going to talk about more later. Later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we got to this point, right, Sean? We're yeah. we're, we're going to discuss, you know, the the journey of of what Penalty Box Radio has has been over the years and and where it's come, uh, but. What we would like to do right now is we'd like to start every show with a puck drop. a One topic to get the show going and to jump immediately into the Preds discussion. Today's puck drop, Sean, which of the Nashville Predators offseason moves will have the biggest impact on this year's team? Now, that's very specific. This year's team, the 2023-2024 uh, squad. So a lot of offseason moves. I'm going to let you jump in here and give your take. There are a lot of offseason moves to talk about. We're going to cover as many of them as we can. But what is what do you think is going to be the most impactful change in the offseason that's going to impact this year's team?
0: Okay, Alex, I'm going to say this. Like you said, there's a lot to consider, a lot of things to talk about. But as far as impacting this year's team the most, I'm going to go with the, the head coaching change with Andrew Burnett coming in as the head coach. The The biggest reason for that, uh, if you look at recent history with the team and what we'll call the John Hines years, John Hines hockey was a very specific type of hockey. It was it was designed around the team he had. It was built to be a a game focused on slowing down and wearing down mm-hmm. the other team, with the idea being that, if you did all the right things, you finished every check, you hit hard, you fought for every puck, you would wear the other team down. So by, you know, the last 10, 15 minutes of the game coming into the third period, you had some scoring opportunities open up. That that could lead to a hard-hitting game, but sometimes a kind of boring game, especially if the team was playing against a team that was quite fast, you you didn't see it be as it wasn't as effective. So I think with Brunette coming in, it's it's kind of a big move away from that kind of let's grind it out style of hockey to what I'm hoping will be a faster paced, more run and gun type of offense where they're focused on getting into the zone quickly and just getting shots on the net and making things happen once they're in there.
1: Well, unfortunately, Sean, uh, five minutes into the show and you are incorrect. You are wrong. That is not the answer I was looking for. You lose and uh, (laughs) (laughs) you can you can leave now. Just kidding. That's fine but personally i I think there's a lot of merit to what you say we We really don't know what the Andrew Burnett team will look like we We have some ideas we know what they looked like what the Florida Panthers looked like under Andrew Burnett, even though he was really running a different s a different some he was running a different coach's uh style and a different coach's system. One that really worked. I, I, obviously, they went to the president. They won the president's trophy that year. And then when he went to New Jersey, he pretty much is just you know tasked with the power play and, and the offense. And, and that team was very very good. I mean, they were had the thirteenth best power play on the in the league that year. But we've never seen an Andrew Brunette from start to finish, you know, what's his training camp going to be like? What's the systems, what are the systems he's going to run? What's the, what's the overall team philosophy going to be? What are the, what are the mental things that he's going to do with this team? What's how is he going to, how is he going to lead this team? You know, that was a huge thing with John Hines, right? But I said you were incorrect, and the reason is because Barry Trotz is going to be the biggest influence on this team. And this year's squad and so many more years to come, he's already made just some t- huge changes to this roster. I mean, coming in and immediately send, uh, sending Johansson to Colorado, buying out Matt Duchesne, bringing in Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen, and some other some other good pieces too, Gustav Nyquist, Dennis Gurionov. I think those moves are going to change the fundamental nature of this team. I think they're going to look different. They're going to they're a, they're a different squad from almost top to bottom. They have a new first line center, right? They might have a new first line winger if depending on where Nyquist plays. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with the youth. I, I mean, we would assume that certain players are going to be there on day one, but, but we don't know that. So I really think it's Barry Trotts. I think Trotz will be the biggest change uh, to this team. But I, I would, I would also. So the brunette one is just one we're going to have to keep an eye on. I mean, do, do you think? Do you think that there's at least some chance that brunette's influence will go beyond just you know changing from Hines? I mean, it's not just about John Hines anymore. It's about it's about like what 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 is this team going to become? over the next few years?
0: Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I think I think there's a lot to be said for Trotz coming in as the general manager. And I, I think one of the reasons I didn't immediately say trots as GM is going to be the biggest influence on the team this year is because there's a lot that remains to be seen with him making draft picks and things like that. A lot of the last draft was heavily influenced by David Poyle. So I think I think there are some things that will have to kind of play out. But one of the things I'm most interested in is – how quickly is is Barry Trotz, his general manager, going to pull the trigger on bringing up some of those younger players from Milwaukee? I think there was a lot of complaints out there, a lot of concern that they maybe let some of their prospect talent pool marinate a little bit too long in Milwaukee before bringing them up. And in doing so, you know, maybe – I don't know. You you look at situations that happened with Ellie Tolvanen, for example. Um, Who? Ellie Tolvanen. Never heard of him. Never heard of him? I didn't think so. Um, But you you look at situations like Ellie Tolvanen, and and that was what a lot of people would say a missed opportunity. So I'm curious, as I look at these guys on the training camp roster, is there a chance for some of these prospects to really jump up and and make a a case for themselves as a member of the NHL roster on day one or even – into the season as it starts where it used to seem kind of like well unless there's an injury it's going to be pretty concrete this is how it's going to stay Um, as far as brunette the the question you asked I, I think you know it's it's important to focus on the fact that this is his first full training or his first training camp as a head coach he did not get that in Florida like you said he was running another coach's system so it's it's going to take him a minute to get his footing kind of see how he wants to run things see the team he has so There's definitely going to be some opportunity for him to have to figure out how he wants things to go, how Mm -hmm. he – He wants to set up. This is what we do meeting-wise. This is what we talk about. This is when we do these things. This is when we, you know, things like this is when we get to the arena. This is when we practice. So he's got to get all that stuff going as well beyond just how we play once we're on the ice. So I think it'll be really interesting to see him kind of take the reins that way for the first time. I know that was a big deal with John Hines for a long time was that he never really – Got to have a full training camp until his last season. So,
1: a little and a little bit later in the show, you, you mentioned some of the young guys we might see. A little bit later in the show, we're gonna talk very specifically about one of those um, that we definitely is going to be an interesting aspect of the of the training camp. And I I think people, some people out there, should be prepared for maybe uh, being disappointed when it comes to the opening roster, but. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, just a real quick rundown of the, of the maybe more specifics on the changes. So Ryan O'Reilly comes in. I, I mean, th- this was this was a stunning signing to me. I mean, I, I just did not see this yeah. coming. I, I I really didn't think they were going to go get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. I really think it's a great move. You know, you could complain about four year term. But I think that in the in the short run, it's a great deal for four and a half million a year for a thirty-two year old who is still producing, especially at the defensive end. Ryan O'Reilly is going to come in as the number one center and just is a very, very different kind of player than Johansson, than Duchesne, specifically those two because those are the guys that were the biggest names and the biggest money. He will come in as not only a leader, but a guy that can get it done on the penalty kill, getting it done on the power play. He's just so versatile, and he's he's also a great guy. He's already seems like a really fun kind of personality to be around. You've seen him do the tooth thing. Right? Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's fun. <laughs> so we, it, it's just I think it's a great move. Now the other moves, I'm I'm less you know sold on. I think the Luke Shen move. It's just too much money for an for an older defenseman that is doesn't have the speed that you need in this game. Not to say he's not doesn't have doesn't bring something to the game that is is quality, but I, I don't know that Luke Shin is the guy that is gonna that's gonna transform that defense into a powerhouse again.
0: Well, if I recall what was being said around the time that he was brought onto the team, especially by Trotz, is that they would like Roman Yossi to take uh, less less hits they would they would like to see somebody out there that that could kind of prevent that from happening so that was the narrative yeah i don't know that the whole reason he was brought in was to you know transform the defense into a powerhouse as much as it was to bring someone in to keep the captain from getting concussed
1: Mm -hmm. uh another just a couple other things cody glass signs his extension we were expecting that two and a half million i think that's really good value I was thinking more like three yeah. a year for him, two and a half for each year for, for two years. And he's still an RFA at the end of it. That's a great deal for the Predators. That's big. Uh, let's see, Guryanov, less than $1 million. I don't know. We're going to talk about Dennis Guryanov. I have no idea where he fits into this lineup. That's a very interesting signing. Gustav Nyquist will be a top six forward, right?
0: I would assume so.
1: We don't know if he's going to play with Ryan O'Reilly. Cody Glass, Tommy Novak is he going to be a is he going to be a, a, a primarily kind of seen as a transition guy? Is he going to be a shoot for? I, I don't know. He, he is he's he's a good player. I don't I don't know. It, it, three three point one million for a guy like that seems a little high, but you know I I don't have any problem with it. They needed to replace some of the scoring they lost in in Duchene and Johansson, regardless of how overpaid they were. So we'll see where we'll see where they go with it. Uh, I, I like I like those signings. I'm not as high on on uh, on the Luke Shen signing, but overall, a pretty good offseason in terms of the transactions log.
0: I think so. I think you know there is always that that kind of question over. All right, there are these big contracts that are sitting on the uh, on the on the books here with Duchesne and Johansson. Is something <laughs> going? Are we? Are they going to do something about that? Are they going to move them out? and it it was really it was unexpected to see both of them happen and that 's why I think it was such a like an earth earth shaking move right. in the off season but that was definitely a a big contributing
1: factor to allowing the off season to play out the way it did coming up next we 're going to have a mystery caller on the Ooh. other side of the break. We have someone that many of you might like to hear from. I want you to stay tuned to find out who that mystery caller is going to be and what they have to say. I think you're going to be very interested. Uh, Before we go out, though, Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, look no further than Salus Realty Group. Salus is not about people; they build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for trust, transparency, and community. And they are committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. Visit Salas Realty Group today and uh, experience real estate the Salas way. And welcome back into Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Hockey fans, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, get ready for a face-off like no other. As the Nashville Spartans USPHL junior team hits the ice at Gary Force Acura Ice Arena in Nolensville. Double dose of hockey action with your home opener this Friday and Fan Fest Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Two nights, one unforgettable experience. There will be food trucks, a bounce house, entertainment, and more. Grab your tickets now. NashvilleSpartansHockey.com and go there to cheer on the Spartans. Nashville Spartans in Nolensville. Okay, Sean. Yes. We have on the line with us. A mystery caller. Okay. Okay. And uh, this is someone, I, I know who it is. It's not a mystery okay. to me. And you, I don't I, know. I, I think you know who it is. Uh, you think I do? I, I think you do. I don't know. <laughs> so we are going to bring that person on. Who, who do we have on the line with us right now?
2: Hey, this is Justin Bradford. How's it going, guys? Oh,
1: wow. Justin Bradford, the founder of Penalty Box Radio. How's it going, Justin? How are you?
2: Guys, I am doing very well. Listening to the first segment, just congratulations to you guys for getting back on the air. This is really exciting for Hockey Talk in Nashville, and I couldn't be prouder and more excited just to see the name living on with you guys.
1: (laughs) So, Justin, thank you so much for coming on, because I knew that when we were planning our first show, we wanted it to be, we wanted it to have the feel of kind of a a torch kind of handing off, right? In, In a sense, like... You ran this show for so long. Uh, you, you, and, and and many other people as well. I mean, not not you had a, a lot of people help you along the way. I know um, you've had a lot of co-hosts and you've had a lot of people come in and out. But it has been has primarily been yourself that has has been running it, and it has just been a staple of the Nashville hockey market for so long. And uh, I, we knew that going into this, we did not want to ignore that fact, and we wanted to make it clear that 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 what you built and then what we're trying to build you know on top of that is uh kind of a continuous thing and and so uh thank you again for for wanting to for for joining us tonight in in our first show in the new the new era
2: yeah absolutely and and it's one of those things that it's just obviously seriously important to have good local hockey talk on there i mean when when we, ben Butzbach and i started it back in 2012 uh, what we saw, uh, we saw an area that needed more hockey talk, and it was a 303.30 with Jeremy Gover and Cody Holland and just needed more hockey talk on the radio as, as this team was continuing to grow and, and making the playoffs more consistently, of course, and then having their runs to where they finally went around and everything, too, that local hockey talk was very important and dedicated shows, dedicated blogs, dedicated people talking about the Nashville Predators and and hockey around was important to see the sport grow and and we see so many kids playing now, they don't know what it's like to not have the Predators, and Sean's kid, the enforcer, out there that can score some goals. <laughs> he doesn't know what it's like to not have the Predators, and that's why it's important to have local hockey talk, and you guys are continuing to do that, and it's really exciting to see.
0: No, you're, you're exactly right, Justin. And, and I think the biggest thing, you know, you, you mentioned my child. He, he doesn't know uh, a Nashville without the Predators. He doesn't know a Nashville without the Predators being a, a main focus of the sports world in Nashville. So I think, you know, coming into, say, that 2017 run, you, you had a lot of people that were new to the sport, that they needed somebody local, they needed somebody accessible. And and I think you did such a good job of being that person for everybody that, you know, it it feels really it feels really odd honestly for me right now sitting here on this end of the microphone talking to you on the other end of the phone line um, how you know how did you honestly stay humble um, when you started getting all of that attention uh, around the time of the cup run
2: gosh well first of all it was never my full time job that that definitely helped stay humble because it was it was a hobby job turned into something just absolutely spectacular and i think that's what helps so much is that I love what I do. I, I loved what I did, what, what I did for hockey. I loved the ability to be able to travel, was able to get, you know, sponsors to help go to other cities, uh, to go to Milwaukee, to go to junior hockey, to go to college and just to talk to, to prospects, to talk to potential draft picks and, and things like that. So I truly enjoyed it and that's what made it so fun is that I loved what I did. And having that love and joy for it of wanting to be able to provide information and provide new things to the fans and provide them information that maybe they couldn't get as easily accessible in other places was always important to me. And knowing that my day job being a marketer was important to just be personable to people and talk to people and be out in the concourse and talk to people and, and get them, what the fans want. What do the fans want to know about? What do they, who do they want to hear from? What are the topics that they want to hear about? And knowing that we cater to show to fans, to educate fans, to help them become even better fans and, and that's why we focus so much on on prospects, on the Milwaukee Admirals, on things like that, because if if we could help make a a Nashville Predators fan, a better overall hockey fan, we knew that they were were building something special for life because they just knew so much more than just the Predators. And you're seeing that in the city now. There's people that follow other teams. They follow specific players. Even if they get traded or they sign with another team, they go all over the place just to follow the sport of hockey. And and that's what you're seeing so much of right now, too. And it's really exciting to see the growth of this sport just all over the South, not just Nashville, but throughout the South that you're seeing – scouts come to the south now they're coming to nashville to watch players you're going to see nhl players that were born and raised and have a a, a, a draw playing in the nhl it's, it's going to happen mm-hmm. in the very near future
1: yeah so one of the reasons that we sean and i wanted to to start this new venture you know we we've both had our own hockey story, right? I mean I, I I've been writing about the Preds since twenty fourteen, Sean since twenty seventeen for various different outlets and, and but one of the reasons we wanted to to take over at, at penalty box radio was because we felt like this was a a transition point in the team. Obviously the David Poyle out, Barry Trotts part of it, the new coach, a lot of younger players coming up, older players either being traded away or, or, or leaving in other ways. But I want to take it back to. I, I feel like it might be similar to when you started it back in 2012. Was there any sense of like transition from that point? I, I remember 2012 was a big year. Like that was the year Ryan Suter left the Shea Weber contract. Uh, <laughs> let's see, there was some. I mean, it was sort of towards the end of the Barry Trotz era. I mean, he had a couple of years left. But um, was there a mm-hmm. sense of like when you started it that there was uh, there was transition in the in the team at that point?
2: Well, you could tell there was a transition because what happened is you know you had the lockout <laughs> that was the right. big one uh they would won a playoff series you know they been in the won a playoff series and you have the lockout happen and that was kind of the the lockout was really what made penalty box radio what it was because we, you know, we're going on one oh two five 5 the game. We have this great deal with, with local sports station and we're going to be on air. And then all of a sudden, uh, there's a lockout and we're going, uh, <laughs> we, we have to do a radio show talking about the Nashville Predators and the Nashville Predators are not playing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> that was a huge challenge for us, but penalty box already wouldn't have been what it was without that challenge that we faced. So it was one of those things, the whole, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And, and figure out a way to make it happen so we'd have fun with it, but we also focused on high school hockey, on college hockey. We'd go down to Huntsville for their D1 team. We, we took trips to junior hockey for the OHL. We went to Milwaukee. We did everything we could just to talk about hockey, and we realized, hey, there's, there's a market for this. There's people that want to know about hockey. They just love the sport yeah, the Predators aren't playing now. We're going to keep them updated, but but we're going to go and venture out to just educate people about prospects or the draft that's going to be upcoming or things like that, and there's so many people that actually were interested in those types of things, and then Ben would go to a game sportsplex down in Franklin when it was still a hockey rink and talk to some of the NHL players that were just practicing there to stay warm. And we'd have a couple of interviews, uh, because you didn't have PR to have to work with during a lockout. Uh, so we just kind of, we, we, we did what we could to, to do hockey. So that was the turning point for us, but also for the organization too was, taking that momentum from that playoff run and trying to keep people interested about hockey during a lockout instead of just, oh, nope, still not back, go on to the next thing because you have other seasons that are competing. So the turning point of the Preds back then in the early 20-teens and also for Penalty Box Radio was definitely that lockout.
1: Right, yeah. and, And we are... In in that vein, you know, we are very interested in in covering everything, everything hockey that we can. You know, we're obviously going to focus primarily on the Nashville Predators. We're we're lucky in that there is not a lockout happening (laughs) as soon as we take over. Uh, But we're also going to talk about, you know, Sean and I went and covered a game in Milwaukee. And and we covered covered a playoff game with the Admirals and the Coachella Valley uh, Firebirds. It was an awesome experience. It was so so cool to see that. I mean, it was you know seeing Philip Tomasino and Joachim Kimmel and uh, Askarov and, and Carl Taylor, of course, and, and it, like see, seeing all those guys playing in Milwaukee with Nashville Predators logos s- stuck onto their jerseys is is like it's a different experience. And I think you, I think you know, there was that. Remember, several months ago, there were people who were bashing on whether anyone should care about the Milwaukee Admirals. I guarantee you, the players cared.
0: Yeah. The players that we talked to
1: really cared, and yeah. I think that's kind of where you where you came from, Justin. Is focus on the the people, the community that cares about the sport, and the players are such a huge part of that. I mean, you, you when I think of Penalty Box Radio, I think of all the interviews that you had with players that you know may have been you know players that weren't at the forefront, but were had interesting stories or interesting you know conversations mm-hmm. with you.
2: And that's what it really was about was building relationships, and and that's how you build trust with a community. Is you're you're having one on ones with players that maybe they didn't score the two goals in the game, but they had a secondary assist that actually was a key piece. Like they have the outlet pass that led to that thing happening, that led to the break, the the two on one rush. Right. Uh, it's, it's looking at those role players that that maybe they're not the stars, but they're an integral part of a team in that middle six that they still, that those goals wouldn't happen or that win would have happened. Or you're talking to an assistant coach and seeing what they're talking about, too. Or you're talking to a prospect that is just doing everything they possibly can to make the roster. Uh, so that's where that relationship building is so important, and that's what we're able to build with players, right, is, mm-hmm. is you build that relationship yeah. with them and that trust. And then the community trusts you as well, too, because they know that, hey, I know if I want to hear from a prospect, I'm going to go to this case. And, and you have a great team of writers as well it's focused on this that that follow the prospects so it's not yeah. just their live radio show it's everything for the website too of making sure that it's it's a complete place to find hockey coverage that's not just the, the top level team it's all throughout so that you know when that that player finally makes it, after 3 years of playing in the minors and they make their debut you have a fan that knows everything about that player because they had a resource to be able to find that out
1: yeah, exactly. And and, and I, I think everything you said is is exactly what we're trying to to cover over here and I, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, I know you got a busy schedule as well. And uh, you know, by the way, go go Ravagers, right?
2: Go, go Ravs go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Justin and I play on the same uh rec team. We have for a while, formerly the Mighty Drunks, now we're the Ravagers and uh so I I get to see Justin uh skate around on the ice every week. Lucky me! And huh? you'll see
2: me Friday night at 11 p.m. too. That's right. Yeah, late
1: <laughs> late nights uh, for all of us. But uh, yeah, thank you very much, Justin, for joining us. Uh, Penalty Box Radio is in safe hands, and uh, we will take care of the brand that you took that you worked so hard to build over the years.
2: Thank you so much, guys! Congratulations! I am so happy for you. Go and kill it!
1: All right. So uh, coming up after the 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 break here in a second, we are going to talk a little bit about rookie camp. And about some takeaways that we had, that I had from Rookie Camp and the showcase over the weekend. And and specifically, Sean, yep. there was one player that really impressed. Now, the the Predators dropped all three of their games. That's not great, right? No, I don't think it matters. But it doesn't matter. No. And we'll talk about why. And we'll talk about this one player that really, really impressed us more than I think anyone really even expected. And I think there's a lot of things to. to to be get excited about it, but that's this particular player. Uh, So we will talk about that coming up after the break. But uh, again, once again, Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell or invest in real estate, you must look no further than Salus Realty Group. Salus, not just about property. They're about people build long lasting relationships that are about you, your needs and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for trust, transparency and community. And they're committed to making a positive impact in middle Tennessee, one home at a time. If you're ready to make the move, visit Salisrealtygroup.com today and experience real estate the Salus way.
0: It's a hard environment because they're all in front of the grass. They want to yeah. do well. Guys that have been here, like Igor, has been here a couple of years now. And the guys that were with us in Milwaukee have a bit of an advantage uh, just to feel comfor- comfortable. But the message is do what you do really well. Uh, why did you make someone bring you here? You want to do those things that make you stand out try to execute what we're looking
2: for within the little bit of systems. We've had two practices. It's not like we're throwing, uh, expecting to execute all the systems perfectly. We just want to see them try
0: to. So um, the thing we're going to have, we're going to have extra energy and a little aggression in our play. Uh, Make sure we're getting after it and making aggressive mistakes. We don't want to be sitting around
1: watching And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. So that was Carl Taylor just uh, on that you just heard. Carl Taylor, that was him talking before the rookie showcase. So that was last Thursday prior to them leaving for Estero, Florida. Carl Taylor, of course, leading the, the rookies this weekend along with the rest of the Milwaukee Admirals staff taking the rookies down to Florida for three games against Florida, Tampa, and Carolina. Now, the results weren't great. They lost all three games. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Meaning nothing at all. The results do not matter in these games at all. What you really want to see is performances. And we'll talk about one particular performance that was great. But I've just got to go back to that quote from Carl Taylor. For a second. And I I know you are just champing at the bit to mm. talk about Carl Taylor, Sean, mm-hmm. because you, you love some Carl Taylor. I I love the quote where he says, Show show us why someone brought you here.
0: Yeah, that's That's so great. That's that's a very Carl Taylor thing to say. And yeah. and I will I will preface all of this by saying I am shocked. Just utterly shocked that Carl Taylor is the head coach in Milwaukee this year and not somewhere <laughs> with an NHL team. I know that he was a candidate for the spot with the Predators and it went to Brunette, but I'm I am shocked that he is still in Milwaukee. The fact that he's there is incredible. I, I don't know how long he'll be there, but let let me say this: I, I've actually talked to Carl Taylor a lot. Um, you know, there was a lot going on in the in the comeback from COVID and and where you had like the like the taxi squad and things like that, where you really started to see the importance of what of what they do in Milwaukee and what Carl Taylor does with those players. And and the idea that uh, you pointed out, you know, do the thing that you do that made somebody bring you here in the first place. Carl Taylor is focused. You know, he is a head coach in the AHL. I mean, he wants his team to do well. He wants them to win. They went very deep into the playoffs. But he is also acutely aware of the fact that he is there to develop these players into NHL players. And that's the, the core of what he does is he always wants them to be the player they are that, that got the attention on them in the first place. But while they're in Milwaukee, he wants to round out their game to where when they do get an opportunity in the NHL, whether it's you got one game. Go up Mm -hmm. there and give it your all, or whether it's two games, three games, that you make an impression, not just because you've got a great shot and not just because uh, you've got a big body that you're not afraid to throw around, but because while you've been with him in Milwaukee, you have... Really honed all of these other skills that make you a well-rounded player, so you earn the chance to stay on the team, come back to the team, or even—I mean, goodness gracious—you'd hate to see a player go, but if they become a valuable, you know, asset for a trade, then they could also bring somebody back that would would add to the team. So he knows his role down there is to develop those players. His goal, which I think is interesting, is to not is to coach his players off of his team.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think there's no better example of 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 that well there's actually several examples of 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 him doing that I mean I think you can look at Askarov as a guy that boy there's a lot of raw talent and just just physical raw talent with that guy that it would be very easy for a coach to come in and say you know what we need to change you into this we need to change you into a more like polished player Carl Taylor's not about that he wants you to do the thing that got you here uh, to To improve upon it and to become better, because he knows that. But uh, that's what players want to do, and especially a guy like Askarov, who is just who who will become the next great thing in terms of goaltending. Uh, now, I don't know what that ceiling is going to be, but I, I think it's very easy to see a, a path for him that le- leads to, you know. I, being a top goaltender in the NHL.
0: A statue
1: in front of Bridgestone, Alex? <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> maybe maybe one right next to a, a former goaltender. Oh. But I also want to talk about one particular player. Uh, we have some audio from uh, from this player talking after game one. This is Joachim Kimmel, who had two goals and in, and also a shootout goal in the first game, which I think it was against Tampa. Is that right? I think so. I think it was against Tampa. Uh, so if we could play that audio from Joachim Kimmel, this is him talking about the one-timer that he uh, that he's n- kind of become known for and also kind of what other shots he's working on. What about that last one that you had uh, towards the end in the final minutes of the game there? You got the pass from Molendijk is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. And yeah, uh, it was a good pass, and, uh, yeah, I love to shoot one-timers, so.
1: That, that one-timer looks really good, obviously, you're known for that, that's kind of your signature. You said that's something that you've worked on since you were a kid?
0: Yeah, for sure, a lot, yeah. That's what I said, like, uh, I used to shoot a lot, one-timers and wrist shot, and uh, yeah, it's always the fun just to rip the puck, so.
1: Are there any other types of shots or other areas of your game that you're working on developing while you're here?
0: yeah for sure there's a lot what I'm trying to getting better uh like example how can I show like between the legs like the, if the d man's trying to get the puck away for you and uh like quick shots and that that type like
1: I love that his English is coming together i mean he, he's he's yeah. always been pretty pretty solid in terms of 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 giving the uh giving the interviews uh he was a little um at at the, at the uh, last Thursday, he was a little hesitant because we were in this really strange environment. We were, like, outside. But uh, one thing I wanted to talk about with him, it, I mean, the one-timer is just crazy good. It's oh, so yeah. strong and fast, and he gets it off quickly, and it is very accurate. And I just think there is a lot of excitement behind that one shot but i think he's also working so the other the reason i want to play that clip is he's he's talking about also working on other things getting the puck off in tight spaces mm-hmm. getting it getting the shot between legs of defenders cuz he's going to have defenders in front of him that is a huge part i mean how many times last year were guys shielded by defensemen and couldn't get the shot off you know on net or oh yeah getting blocked all the time that is a huge skill set that needs to be developed in in every player and I like that he's working on that, and I think that's pretty exciting.
0: Well, I, I I'm <laughs> I'm hesitant to bring this name up because you've forgotten who I already, it know, was. I
1: already know who you're gonna talk about. Really? Yes. Tell me. It's the guy you talked about earlier in the show. What's his name? Say his name Ellie Tolvin. Ellie and
0: You know, there there have been a lot of Ellie Say his name. Say his name. There been a lot of Ellie comparisons um out there with Joachim Kimmel. And and I'll tell you having the opportunity to see him play in person during that playoff game against the Coachella Valley mm-hmm. Firebirds, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of truth to that comparison in the sense that he's got a nasty shot. Um, but I'm going to say this, you know, he seems to do a lot better in tight spaces. Oh, man. Um, and he can make things happen faster than Tolvanen could. And if you really wanted to, you know, I go back to when Tolvanen, as we spoke with Carl Taylor, was able to come up to the NHL level. Uh, We were told that it wasn't his shot that kept him there. It was his ability to play defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you could have made that criticism that he didn't do as well in tight spaces. Kimmel's already there, and the fact that he isn't satisfied with where he is and he wants to continue getting better says a lot to me about where he's going and where his head is. And I think, I think... We can expect some big things.
1: Yeah, that 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 is the biggest thing with him that it just stands out. I mean, it's not just about the one-timer. And let, let me talk about another player that has come up with regards to uh, <laughs> Joachim Kimmel, and that would be Alexander Ovechkin, mm. who's about to break Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring yeah. record in a couple years. You know he's he obviously Kimmel Kim takes that shot from the ov spot a lot, but th- here's the thing with the ov spot: it's always been about the the speed of getting the shot off. It's yeah. not about the strength or the accuracy, which it's it's crazy good. I mean, hundred out of a hundred on speed and accuracy for that guy, but it's about the time he takes to take to get the shot off. It's like nothing. It's as soon as the puck's in his area, it's gone. I think that is where Kimmel. Could potentially set himself apart from a guy like Tolvanen because Tolvanen did not have that. He didn't have the speed of no. getting the shot off. He couldn't get it off in tight spaces. He had to have it teed up in a certain way. Kemmel seems to be a little bit more like, wherever the if the puck's even near me, I'm going to be able to get the shot off. Yeah. That's huge.
0: He make it do what he wants it to do, regardless of how it's served up to him. It's it is it is not a dish that needs to be served with a certain sauce. He's going to make it taste good regardless. If yeah. that makes any sense, that at makes all.
1: perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, sauce so, sauces the sauce is important for any meal, and uh, you know, but for him it doesn't even matter. It could be it could be a a, a ketchup packet you found underneath the dining yeah. room table. He's going to turn it into a goal. He's going <laughs> to he's going to turn it into a goal. <laughs> uh we'll, we will talk more about about Kimmel and, and there's a lot to think about when it comes to training camp which we will try to preview here in, in a little bit but um you know other rookies that we that kind of stood out a little bit, you know Evangelista did a couple good things, Stasney, I think is solid, Adam Willsby looked good to me at, at the showcase. I think he his his ability on the defensive end, he's going to be in Milwaukee this year but I think he's a solid player there. Um some players who did not impress me as much, Afanasyev, still continues to kind of be stagnant in his development. Uh, a lot of people liked Svechkov. I, I like Svechkov so far. I, ha- I just haven't seen enough of him. I need to see him in training camp this week to see what he looks like against the big boys. Yeah, I think he's got some potential. I think he's definitely you – know, uh, I think there's there's room to grow there for him. So we'll see where, where Svechkoff goes uh, over the next little bit here. But um, So we're going to go ahead, and uh, after the break, we are going to talk about the full training camp, which begins tomorrow. Um, we're going to try to answer this question. The most competitive and intriguing camp battle will be what? Mm. The most competitive and intriguing camp battle will be what? We're going to answer that question, And we're also going to conclude the show with a regular feature that we will debut tonight and we'll have at every show. Uh, We'll talk more about what that's going to be. But every show, we will end the show the same way with a really fun game that we're going to introduce at the end of the show. So uh, after the break, we'll fill in the blank. Most competitive and intriguing camp battle will be what – this is Penalty Box Radio Live presented by Salus Realty Group. Welcome back to Penal... (laughs) Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus Realty Group. Salus Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Also, Truvo Sports Laundry. Nashville's only mobile sports laundry service that uses ozone technology to clean the smelliest, dirtiest sports gear you can imagine, like hockey and football pads. Their O3 process kills 98% of bacteria and 100% of viruses, so if you've got a pile of nasty, filthy sports gear, uh, either because, you know, you play rec league or you can't be bothered to clean your kids' stuff like your, you know, Sean knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go to TruvoSports.com. Sign up for a cleaning today. They will come to your house and everything. They're mobile. They will drive to your house, clean your stuff. Nashville's only mobile sports laundry service, Truvo Sports Laundry. Okay, before the break, we talked about the... Most competitive and most intriguing camp battle will be blank. I have my answer. Would you like for me to go first, or do you want to go first?
0: I'll let you go first.
1: Okay. I think it's who is going to be Roman Yossi's defensive partner. I am very curious about this. It's a competitive position because there's a lot of really good players at the top of it. But also, I, I mean, I, I honestly have no idea where they're going to go with this. They indicated that it was going to be Luke Shen when they, when they brought him over, right? They yeah. they, they kind of suggested... Oh well, it's you know Roman Yossi taking hits or whatever. So it's going to be Luke Shin, but Brian McDonough was his partner for so long. But then there's also like you know Tyson Berry. What about Alex Carrier? What about what about Dante Fabro? I mean, there's so many options here because they have so many right-handed defensemen. Roman Yossi is obviously the top guy. Who is going to be that that defenseman with him? That's mine.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that's a that's going to be a good battle. For the sake of not being repetitive, I'll I'll tell you another battle. I think is going to be pretty intense. Um, so I'll say this. There's a ton of defenders on this team that that can make their case, but there are also quite a few forwards that there's going to be questions about where they go. I, I'm looking at the list. I'm not going to name them all. I think there's about nine guys that are kind of locks for the NHL roster. But then I've got this smaller group of guys, and I'm curious who's going to fill that roster out. They are Kimmel, Sherwood, Afanasyev, and Gurionov. And I, I want to see yeah. who amongst those players ends up on the roster. Uh when when the season actually starts. And I guess Got camp's going to go a long way to tell us
1: who that is, but um, that's the battle I want to see. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, that that that's a big one. So bunch of big camp battles to, to, to really assess. All of it gets underway tomorrow, first full day of training camp for the National Predators at Fordyce Center, Bellevue. Okay, Sean. Okay. We are going to conclude every show... With something called the three-on-three draft. So here's how this works. Every week we're going to have a topic, and we are each going to draft something. It could be uh, ne- things, it could be places, it could be people, it could be all kinds of stuff. Nouns, I guess, you know. Ooh, that's nouns. How to say that. Today we're going to draft convenience store dinners. So let's say you're on a long road trip. The only dinner option is a gas station, a convenience store, or something like that. You have to draft your dinner. One of us is going to go first. Once it's drafted, uh, just like the regular draft. Once you pick something, I can't take it. So uh, I'm going to be nice. And I'm going to let you go first tonight. Well, what is your well, what? We agreed that that we didn't have to draft a beverage, right? We got we to do just not have name to name our right. beverage. You do not have to draft a beverage. You're just drafting your dinner. So whatever your dinner is at the end of the at the end of the draft is uh, you know that's what you got. Your three items. Okay. So what is your first overall selection for your convenience store dinner?
0: I'm going to go with my main course, and we are going with. A gas station hot dog, okay, loaded with onions, mustard, and
1: jalapenos. I knew you were going with the gas station hot dog. I just had a feeling. I, I really, I just knew it. I knew that's where you're going. Okay, my first overall pick: a big old bag of beef jerky, Ooh. teriyaki flavored. If not, maybe the spicy. If I'm feeling feeling it, but probably just teriyaki flavored beef jerky. Not just a single slice. I'm talking a big old bag, so that's my first pick. What's your second pick?
0: Second pick, we're going to go with maybe not a big old bag, but maybe a big grab bag of spicy sweet
1: chili Doritos.
0: That's the purple bag, Alex.
1: The purple pack of Doritos. Spicy sweet chili. I can't do the hot Doritos stuff. I'm a classic orange bag. Red red bag, sorry.
0: I'm going to be really honest with you. We're talking about gas station dinners. We're getting onions.
1: We're getting jalapenos. Spicy sweet chili Doritos. It's going to be a ride, man. My second pick is... Pepperoni pizza combos. So I'm getting beef jerky. I'm getting pepperoni pizza combos. That's my second pick. I'm going pretty easy. I'm going cheap too. By the way.
0: Well, I think this. I think mine's pretty cheap too. You can usually get a two for one on hot dogs. So, okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I thought about combos. Yeah. I mean, I think about combos a lot, but I thought about (laughs) them for this, and I decided to pass because I thought there was there were better things to pick.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Oh. Your third pick. Go ahead.
0: Pick. Look, I didn't know, did I go with like a side dish? Did I go with a dessert? So I went with something that can be an
1: appetizer, a Mm -hmm. side dish, and a dessert all in one.
0: Sunflower seeds.
1: Whoa. Off the board with Mm. your third pick. I I feel like you could have left that undrafted and just picked that up at the end. I I was never going sunflower seeds on this thing. Wow. That's stunning to me. Every team likes what they like. I'm going with just some regular hot peanuts. Hot peanuts for me. I I, I think I think and you know what I'm getting. I'm getting protein. Protein is what I need, except for the pepperoni pizza combos. But but beef jerky and and hot peanuts. Well, pepperoni's got protein in it. I don't think the pepperoni pizzas combos have any protein anywhere inside that package. That's a shame. That's <laughs> just me. All right. So my my pick of the gas station dinner, the beef jerky. The pepperoni pizza combos, the hot peanuts, and you had? I had. I had gas station
0: hot dog with onions, jalapenos, and mustard, spicy sweet chili Doritos, and the purple big grab bag, and sunflower seeds. And
1: then you have a long date with the bathroom later that evening. You picked a lot of hot stuff, too, there, brother. I don't know. (laughs) All right, what about drinks? Well, we didn't talk, well, I mean... Drinks are another. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. We'll, well, maybe we save that one. That's okay. a good, that's a good okay. one to show. That, okay. So that is the debut of the three on three draft. We'll do that every week. Uh, it'll be obviously be very different every time. But um, hey, first show, first show is down. I feel good about it. How do you feel? I feel good. I'm excited. Thank you for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salus. R- Silas Realty Group, Sil- Silas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. And also, thank you to the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team. Their first home game is this Friday. Go out and take a look at the new uh, at the Nashville Spartans down there in Nolensville. They have uh, they have a home game Saturday, Friday, and Saturday. So go check it out. And uh, no show next week because the Predators play. Yeah. So we'll see everyone in two weeks. See everybody later. Thank you. Good night, Alex.